episode three. The third and final installment of the Barkley Truax podcast. Isn't this exciting or sad? Whichever, whichever one you want to decide for yourself. In the first episode, we talked about just my semester in general how things are going journalistically for myself, which uh, I'd have to say is going pretty well right now. Uh, But you can uh, listen back to episode one to hear all about that. And episode two is the state of Kentucky football, which, as we know, uh, the football team is headed to Orlando to play in the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. Mark Stoops' alma mater, great storyline going into that one. So I figured I should talk about Kentucky basketball. Obviously, uh, it was a very long and, and, and dark and cold winter for for Big Blue Nation last year. 9-16, and 16, the worst season since the 80s. Uh, honestly, the worst season since the 1920s. Record-wise, uh, but last time they finished below 500 was was 1988, I believe. So, doesn't look like that's going to be the case this season. Already jumping out to a six and one start right now, a seven and one maybe. Uh, they're set to play Southern tomorrow before hopping on the road for their first true road game against Notre Dame on Saturday. That's the December 11th. A week from then, uh, they will host Louisville um, in a game that I'm sure everybody is looking forward to, trying to get that win back after falling uh, last season. After that, uh, Kentucky travels. Actually, I... Excuse me. Uh, first, Kentucky will head to Las Vegas, and then they'll play Louisville. They'll host Louisville, so they'll head to Las Vegas to play Ohio State in the CBS Classic uh, tournament that they play in every single year. You know, I wish they would. I wish uh, Calipari or uh, I, I don't know what Calipari schedules it, but I wish they would do more than just champions in CBS. Uh, Just because, you know, in the early season, you see all these teams in the Bahamas and Maui and all these different places playing all these great teams early on in the season. Yeah, you might not win all your games. You might have a uh, a record that might stress your, your fans out. But it's, it's good basketball. It's good content. And uh, by God, I want to cover a game in the Bahamas. But that is selfish of me to say. And I, I don't regret it, though. Um, so, with that being said, obviously this is a very different Kentucky team than Big Blue Nation is used to having under John Calipari. You have four high-profile transfers, uh, one of which will not be playing this season uh, due to a season-ending uh, knee surgery, I believe. C.J. Frederick out of Iowa, he will not be... He would not be joining the team for the the rest of the season, which you know, 
it seems like a big blow, but at the same time, this Kentucky team, I mean, with these transfers, with the freshmen that came in, with the people that came back, there's really no space to 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 put him. There's there's no minutes to be shared, and you know, John Calipari always talks about he doesn't want to break anyone's spirit. He doesn't want to hurt any of these kids, and you know, I think that's. You know, it, 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 it's a competitive sport. It's basketball. You shouldn't, you know, if you're afraid to have your feelings hurt, uh, maybe you shouldn't be playing basketball at this level uh, because it's a business, as we, we, we've done, especially now with NIL uh, coming into things. I think that's more true now than ever. Um, so I guess I'm going to run another roster real quick. Yes, CJ Frederick. Good. Uh, career forty plus three point percent shooter, um, but we'll, we'll save him for next season, of course. Uh, other transfers, obviously Oscar Sheboy, who right now is leading the nation in assists, sixteen per game. Uh, he told us in the preseason that he wants to average twenty points and twenty rebounds, which you know I kind of kind of wrote off at the time. I didn't want to. I didn't think you know, it just sounds impossible, but now, now that I see how dominant he is in the glass and how easy it is for him to score from the post and, and, and from the paint, it's really not that crazy to think about to say that yeah, this dude isn't gonna average twenty twenty. He genuinely can, and sometimes I'm surprised when he doesn't get twenty rebounds or, or twenty points. Um, I don't think he's done it. Done it. Uh, collectively this season in a single game, but he's definitely done one of each. So he's he's someone who, I mean, without him on this Kentucky team, uh, they don't they're not going to have the success that I expect from them or that Big Blue Nation expects from them this season. So. So yeah, Oscar, big physical, six foot nine, uh, guy. He's he's a great dude to talk to as well. He's you know one of the nicest people you ever meet, and just just sweet, just a sweet guy. Great person to have around the program. It seems and he really, uh, he he really brings that whole thing together. Uh, moving on to Severe Wheeler, who. Coming out of Georgia, led the SEC in uh, assisted turnover ratio, seven to one uh, per game, which is something Kentucky lacked last season. Is a big reason why. I mean, one reason why they they struggled so hard. I think the biggest one is that Isaiah Jackson wouldn't uh, get out of foul trouble, <laughs> and the second one was. They just had no guards that could pass the ball. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of individuals playing on that team, if you know what I mean. So that that kind of ends with severe. And one time we were we were talking in a in a midweek um, media availability, a little scrum and. I call I I called Severe a, a passport first point guard, which I mean, if someone who 
leads the country in assist turnover ratio. He said not, uh, he doesn't see himself as a pass first point guard. He sees himself as a playmaker, someone who makes the right play every possession. Um, yeah, you know, after he, he said that, I started watching a little closer, and that's exactly what he is because he can score at all levels. He's he's really improved his three point shot, and he's really. He's he's able to get to the basket better than a lot of guards in the country, as well as you know, dish the rock. He, I mean, when he when he penetrates, he's such a threat at the rim that that defense starts to collapse, and he can kick it out to any of the guards that are on the perimeter, and even uh, someone like 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 Keon Brooks or Bryce Hopkins, uh, members of the front court that that can uh, really do damage from the outside. So. He brings a whole other level to to this team. So without Oscar and without Severe, maybe this team, this Kentucky team, wouldn't. They'd probably be in the same hole that they were in last year, for being honest. Uh, and that brings us to the final transfer, uh, Kellen Grady. Kellen Grady is a very interesting guy. He's so smart you know, when it comes to basketball. Uh, whenever you talk to him, he he always uses all all the basketball jargon that maybe the average um, basketball fan wouldn't understand. So it's either he's being very smart or he's talking about something that makes him unique. I remember him and Jerry Tipton were having a conversation one time about the Godfather, and. Um, I was walking because the media availability usually is, is three three basketball players and I was walking to I was walking from Ty Ty Washington to Oscar Sheboy and <laughs> when I was passing Kellen Grady I heard him tell Jerry Tipton um, organized crime fascinates me <laughs> I just. I just started laughing. Is that it's honestly hilarious? Uh, so it's a, fun, a funny stuff from from Kellen. He's aside from that, he's also a two thousand point scorer in college, which you don't find very often. I think he'd ranked third all time in Kentucky basketball history if he would have scored all those points at Kentucky. And he's he's just one of those guys that. You know, he can catch and shoot, but he has so many more facets to his game. He he makes the right play at the right time. You know, you, you talk about Severe being a playmaker. I think Kellen Grady has some of those qualities as well, but he just doesn't have the ball in his hands quite as often. So, and, and all, a lot of fans have been, been calling for him to shoot more often because he doesn't, he doesn't really uh, shoot at a high volume. He takes good high percentage shots when they're necessary um, so so which leads me to believe whenever he shoots the ball he's not shooting it just to shoot he shoots it because he believes it's going to go in which makes me believe it's going to go in and the rest of Reparina or Big Blue Nation as well so uh, he, he, he's definitely one of the smarter guys on the court and you can tell that he, he his presence is, you know, very commanding, and he he kind of 
captures uh, that guard, that guard, and really complements every everyone else. So we'll take you to the to the freshman now. There's only three, which only three. You know that seems normal for uh, any other team, but Kentucky, who's relied so heavily on the on the one and dones over Cal Perry's uh, tenure. It's kind of crazy to say there's only three. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll start off the best of the bunch. Ty Ty Washington, after going 30 for 14, for maybe nine points. And against Duke, he's just so just turned it around. He's, he's one of the most reliable uh, shooters. He can score at all three levels. Uh, he's not really the best at, at finishing, but he can get to the rack. Um, and you have to... You have to respect his game enough to where that defense has to commit to him at the rim, uh, which opens up a whole lot of other things. Like I said, when uh, we were talking about the way Severe plays. Um, and those two complement each other so well. You know, uh, I think it was against... I can't remember the team. All, some sub three hundred Kempon team that Kentucky played early on, and uh, they both averaged. They both ended with uh, thirty eight minutes on the court, which is pretty remarkable for anybody, really. So, Cal trusts the ball in Tai Tai's hand. Cal trusts uh, Tai Tai with. Being on the being on the court for extended periods of time, I mean, he only sat ninety seconds, so you gotta think. Uh, you gotta think he's moving up in Cal's mind, and I think on the latest NBA mock draft on ESPN, he was ranked. Uh, he was supposed to get drafted tenth, so he's gonna be that guy that's gonna be the freshman uh, that that goes to the NBA on draft night for. For this season, I'm not sure how how high some of the other players' uh, ceilings are, but one player that I do know is another freshman, Damian Collins, who's a six nine, athletic freak, who uh, last I checked was supposed to go in the uh, late first round. Um, I think legitimately the last one I saw had him going thirtieth. So. This kid's just—he's just a pogo stick. Like he—he—he he, he can guard the perimeter, block shots out there, which I mean leads to fast breaks. You have—I uh, mean, he—he's—he's—he's so—he—he he needs to gain weight. He needs to get bigger um, because he doesn't have an NBA body yet. But I believe he will. I mean, you—you—you you, you could kind of say the same thing about Anthony Davis. Um, at the time when he was in Lexington, and as we can as we can tell, he's kind of came into his own uh, as an NBA champion now. Um, one of the most dominant big men in the league. So it's not impossible, but he has to improve his post game, especially because when no one Oscar's on the floor. Kentucky basically doesn't have a post game. 
and Damian needs to be the guy that steps up. Um, he wants to shoot the three. I don't know how. I, I don't think that's a that's a very high percentage shot for Damian. Uh, but I mean, if he keeps it up, he can keep he can keep nailing it, and who knows? Uh, so, I mean, it's not as um, obvious as Isaiah Jackson. How, the talent that's there, but I think he's uh, he's so raw, and he would definitely benefit from a second year at Kentucky. That I, I think the sky's the limit for uh, for Damian Collins, and then you have Bryce Hopkins, the third uh, and final freshman on the team, and you know he's. He, I think he's impressed a lot of people uh, this early this season. I definitely didn't expect um, him to be as physical as he is, as well as being able to shoot the ball as well as he has. I think maybe, I mean, give him two or three years, and he'll be he'll be a starter on this team if he doesn't choose to if he doesn't choose to transfer. Which I, you know, I wouldn't. I, I don't. I wouldn't put it past him just from these new rules and and everything else that that goes into the the transfer portal these days. So, but if he if he can stay in Calipari's system, I think he'll by the time he's a junior or senior, he could be a starter and and maybe not be as productive as maybe someone like Keon Brooks, but he could be one of those on floor uh, coaches that really benefits uh, being in a locker room with people that I assume, you know, that there'll be more one-and-dones throughout the, over the years that he can help mold and be a part of that process. So, you know, I think, like I said, like I said about uh, Damian, this guy, I mean, for him, the ceiling is definitely a lot smaller than Collins because I don't think I really see an NBA future with him. But I mean, crazier things have happened, so I don't see why. Couldn't say it. So, and then, and then you have the the returners, of course. You know, Keon Brooks, your Keon Brookses, your Dante Allens, your Lance Wears, your Jacob Toppins, and so on and so forth. I think those are guys that. Uh, hold hold this hold this team together, and you know there's not really much to say about their performances because they haven't really played any notable teams aside from Duke. And I mean, the one thing I hate about the Champions Classic is that it's the very first game of the season, so you don't get the opportunity to to warm up. I mean, obviously you have your preseason games, but just to know that. There are, are, you know, wins on your record just to have those legitimate game experiences under your belt and then playing a team that that is, uh, I mean, honestly, probably going to be in the final four when it's all said and done, barring any upsets. I, you know, but it happens. Kentucky ended up losing. They were down 15 at one point, cut it to two, ended up losing by... Eight or nine, something like that. Can't can't really remember off the top of my head. So, 
I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, Kentucky has to finish their non-conference schedule out strong with uh, Louisville, Notre Dame, and, and Ohio State before uh, starting out their SEC schedule with uh, Missouri, I believe. So, and not to mention having Kansas later uh, in January, right in the right in the middle of of things. So it'll be definitely interesting to see how this team pans out uh, when facing legitimate competition and you know on a on a weekly basis as well. Um, I definitely think this is a team that that could. I mean, despite the SEC being as strong as it is this season, I, I think they definitely win the SEC. Um, and I, I really like—I I think I really like this this team, the way it's set up, the way Cal uh, talks about everything. I, I think I think the highest this—I uh, don't think this team's gonna bring home number nine, but I feel like they could make a run in the tournament. And I mean, crazier things have happened. So, guess we'll just have to see. And with that being said, I'm gonna sign off. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye.